Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Engaged Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Simon. And today we're going to be doing part one of our season five review of TNG. Yay, it's that time again. It is that time. It's our annual episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> An episode with a month's prep, watching 26 episodes over a month. So we've been literally doing this for a month, since mid-last month. Yeah, and obviously, as usual, we'll be talking about what we liked, what we didn't like about episodes, and of course, the three M's, the morals, messages, and Which, meanings. as I've said to Jamie, I have pair back on, so hopefully... That should shorten the length of this episode, I dear hope, and hopefully the subsequent episode after this. Yeah. That's recorded the same time, but you know. Yeah. Uh, obviously. Yeah, and obviously, obviously, part one will be going from redemption straight through to uh, the masterpiece, the masterpiece society. society. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also got to make a note that I watched season five in uh, standard definition and Simon watched it in HD. Yes. Um, Which you're crazy for some reason. Huh? Just to confuse everyone. Because I think I've yeah. read that. I think you've been a bit off and on because some seasons you've watched standard D and some you've watched HD. Yeah. Because the, the, obviously I have, well, me and Simon both have Netflix. Uh, but you watch it on your, D, yeah, on your DVD. I've got Blu-rays. And you have Blu-rays, yes. Um, but this year, I, well, apart from the fact I'm trying to save a bit of money because I'm spending my money elsewhere, not just not on Netflix. Um, I also had the notion of if I'm watch, if I'm trying to do it on my laptop, watch it on Netflix. Well, I have to keep minimising the screen and type notes. But if I'm watching it on my TV, which is right in front of me in my room, I can, you know, it just makes it easier viewing. Just you know, juggling wise of right of typing notes and watching the episode. So, yeah. So this year I I just went for more practicality than um you know effects. If that makes stuff. Is that so, the right word? Effects. So Jamie saw yeah. all of the issues that we saw when it got released <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Phases so. came from places it really shouldn't come from, and I watched the versions where it got replaced, and no reshots this, and no reshot that, and. And of course, every year I will be back to playing my usual games of Battle Bridges and. What's this a redress of? Yep. Yep. Um, the other thing as well, I you know I want to say is obviously season five has been a bit of a um, learning. I was going to say learning curve, but just kind of a well, actually in a way, kind of has been kind of because I've always kind of seen season five as kind of very hit and miss. Um, but I could, because I've not watched it in such a long time kind of back in the days where I was kind of not 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 as objective as I am now, I've had to look at it with a fresh perspective. Um, and I'm pleased to say I actually enjoyed it more than the last time I watched it. From. Um, and I find... Yeah, that- that's something we always do every year. You go into it, hmm. and unlike any, any other watch, you sit down with a bit of paper and you go in a totally different mindset than you would if you were to watch it. Casually. It's fun, yeah. Yeah. You know, Which I just find weird every year, but it, it is. It's just a totally different learning experience where you just go, okay, right, I'm in this mode now. How do I see this? What What's going on in this one? Mm, you know, and I find overall, uh, yeah, I find it, you know, just overall the season a bit more consistent. But what I think is interesting, and something I, I didn't even realise until me and Sam were discussing this a, a while back, was I think the reason I've kind of, I've never been as keen on five is because it sits between seasons four and six of next gen, which 
is like like two of my most favourite seasons. So when you've got kind of that, it's kind of difficult to measure up to it. So I think that's partly where that comes from as well. You, I think the season still suffers a bit from we focus on this episode. This one suffers a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think. And there's a section where they tend to repeat a couple of themes and you're just going, maybe they could have been paced out a bit better. But, you know, just yeah. that's, that's oh, yeah. production definitely. for you. Yeah, definitely. But we'll get on to that a bit later. And then there's an episode, oh, God, where we both really just found uncomfortable again. Yeah. This kind of goes back to the days of the price. Where you're just yeah. going, no, thank you. Uh, the price, the Icarus factor, that kind of that neck of the woods just that like, ilk yeah yeah um, so we'll be like we'll be definitely um we'll be definitely you know battering that episode later on um yeah so um and crazy I, characters along the way and crazy characters on the way but we'll so, get on to that pretty soon on yeah so you know obviously um first of all <laughs> we'll be <laughs> we'll be restarting obviously um with redemption which we're literally just because obviously because we did this and our season four review part two last year, the last about 20 minutes, we're only going to give a quick summary of what we thought of the episode. But if you want to listen to it in full, then yeah, go back to season four, part two review, last 20 minutes from now. So um, you ready, sir? Uh-huh. Cool. Right. Um, so redemption. Um, the Enterprise is summoned to the Klingon homeworld so Picard may fulfil his duty as arbiter of the succession. Garon intercepts the Enterprise before it arrives, warning Picard that the Klingon civil war is brewing. War erupts between the forces of Garon and Duras. Picard's, Picard plans to take starships to the Klingon Romulan border to act as a blockade against Romulan aid to Duras followers. Meanwhile, Picard is shot to discover the identity of Sela. And um, this is obviously the, the synopsis. The synopsis we'll be reading that will be obviously from Trek. Yes, and hopefully we won't fall in a, a, a mistake that's on there. Yeah. <laughs> There's a certain episode that isn't what it appears to be. It's something totally different. But we'll try not to fall into that. that well, I might leave that to Jamie and see how he deals with it. Because I've, I've just slightly changed my one. But, you know, yeah, yeah, that's so. unsequential to you guys. Um, Yes. Again, I think we both put this up last year, and I kind of the general rule is you kind of carry that on to the year okay. later. So yeah. we, I think we're do, still doing that now. Yeah. So it's an incredible episode. It's got so much impact in it. Just kind of so many of the threads picked up from that season and earlier seasons. So Sins of the Father and all that sort of thing. Kind of the sneaky um, Duras family. And obviously, you know, as you say, it has an impact later, obviously, with um, Cedar coming back, obviously, in episode this, obviously, in later on. Quite soon, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, as you say, it is an, it is a fantastic two-part. It's a fantastic episode. I um, mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's safe to say that so me and Simon definitely be putting, we put it up last time, so we're putting it up this time. I mean, we did rewatch it because, um, obviously, we, we, we used our notes, obviously, from last year. Um, you know, we've got our notes from last year, but we rewatched it just to kind of refresh our memories. And I think you said it's a really good idea to kind of try and get back into the season review. Just rewatch I, that. I just think if you're going to do it, you must do it properly. Yeah. And you can't just watch half the season finale and then just kind of pick up. You can have to do it. As I said on Twitter recently, you kind of either got to go big or go home. Yeah. And when and... you're spending 26 hours like watching back stuff, 
another hour on top of it, you just sit there going, I might as well just do it and just be done with it. It's only, I'm only doing it once a year, thank God. Yeah, and you know, as you say, it, it's a good way to ease your way back into it. I work. got quite excited. I think I said to Jamie when we started doing this up, mm. I actually got quite excited about watching Star Trek again because it's like, oh my God, this is great again. Because <laughs> I think for you it had been a while, hasn't it? I haven't really watched Star Trek in a long while, but I, I think no. I did have a quick spell in season six before I watched this when I got DVD, uh, the Blu-rays out for this rewatch. Because it's like, I can't really watch five because I'm just about to do that and that will skew my views a bit. So I watched six so that it wouldn't interfere with this. And well, we're doing six next year, so it doesn't actually matter me watching some of those. Because by then I've completely forgotten what I thought about it watching them now. Um, and it was just like, oh my god, this is great. This is this is why next gen's brilliant. It's your favourite kind of trick, isn't it? So. <laughs> um, and there's there's loads of three M's in there as well. There's loads oh, of them, and it's yeah. just like, just just I think I was, oh no, it's dumb. I'm thinking about. It's just a just next gen doing it great as ever. Just kind of doing it well as it kind of gets in this habit of. I think after the best of both worlds, two parts definitely go up. There's a few mm. dodgy ones, but most of them are pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. I'd agree with that, yeah. I think. And this season, for the most part, is pretty damn good. Mm. I think we'll get on to one of them where we just kind of go, eh, yeah, we can kind of see what they were doing, but, but <laughs> the other two, I'm up for. I'm mm. just, I'm there. The other one... Uh, where's Spock one you just kind of yeah. <laughs> well that, that, that's that we'll get on to quite shortly so um so yeah I think to some obviously we love redemption we're putting it up um yeah I mean as you say it is a brilliant two-part and it's a great way to kickstart um season five as well um which continues in well it continues in great stead with um our next episode we're oh. not going to do any morals or anything for Redemption, are we? Did, did you want to read out a couple quickly? Because I, I can never remember what we do for these. I really do. We do it every year and I always forget. Oh, do we do, do we read some facts out? Do we do this or do we do that? Um, so I always feel like we just have to do something for it. And just going, there you go, that happened. So in Redemption Part 1, the Vulture's Bridge is a redress of the Torpedo ba- uh, Bay scene in, in theory. Garon's ready room is redress of Kearns. Um, what else? Phaser target range is seen again since a matter of honour. Uh, bird of prey wings were broken, so that's why they were stuck in that position. There's about a billion different uh, Morris missions meanings. Morals, life is their challenge us. Treasure time, you have with friends and family. You never know when this time with them will be gone. Get used to hearing that, guys, because that's one I do use quite <laughs> often, but yeah, I do think it's needed this year. There's a few that do sneak in. Yeah, um, sometimes... Take responsibility for your actions. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jeremy. That's all right. What are you saying? Um, sometimes you have to choose where you belong. You can't always walk the line between them. So when Morph obviously resigns his commission as Starfleet officer and chooses the Klingons, um, lies must be challenged. Fear is power. Hope can come from the most unlikely places. Yeah. So, all governments lie and cover things up. Again, that comes up every now and then. Mm-hmm. If there's something wrong, take action. Um, put the record straight. Stand up for what you believe in. Don't manipulate people. It never ends well. There's a good splattering that kind of covers mm. all bases for both parts. We could go on, but 
as Jamie said at the beginning of the episode, if you want to hear more, go back to last year's episode where we could talk about it in full for a good 20, 25 minutes about every single minor detail that we could come up with. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so obviously the start of the season, you know, is fantastic. And that leads us on to good stead into our next episode. Darmok, the Enterprise encounters a Tamarian ship. Uh, soon the Tamarian captain vanishes, well, transports, and Picard is kidnapped via transporter both beam to the planet where Picard attempts to communicate, but soon realises there are bigger problems to worry about. Um, this is another uh, episode, favourite episode. Contender. Going straight up. Yeah, for me. So. Straight up. <laughs> no hesitation, you can hear there. No hesitation at all. Um, you know, and I think a lot of our probably our, our listeners will definitely agree as well. Um, One of my first comments I put down was a fantastic episode, Star Trek Next Generation at its best, as the whole crew has utilised a very Star Trek episode. Oh yeah, it's classic Next Gen all the way. I mean, there's a couple of others this season as well, but this is the first example of it. And just uh, just the whole concept of it, just such an interesting original concept of... It, it does, it does kind of fall about when you talk about it in kind of everyday situations though. Hmm. Because, again, I've taken a bit of a silly thing. Every now and then you get my silly comment. And one of them was, I wonder what the metaphor is for going to the toilet. <laughs> How does that work? Uh, well, as you say, it's, it's just interesting in terms of Star Trek, just the concept of communication by narrative imagery and metaphor. That is really well explored. And, you know, what I found interesting watching the special features was they were saying that like, the episode was actually in limbo for like a few years. And it was it wasn't just like, come on, you know. I think I think Rick Berman wanted to to just. I think was it Rick Berman wanted to can it. I think it was, and it was just kind of like, no, we can do this. I can come up with something, and and this is the result. And it's just, oh, as you say, it's just Star Trek at its best. And you know, because originally years ago, um, when you were getting me into Next Gen, I, I, I still don't know it's why. It's one of those that. stories, guys. It's one of those stories where Jamie hated it, and then um, when actually. Uh, no, no. No, but it's like he didn't like it, and then I kind of had a word with him, and I think over the years, like, oh yes, I was completely 100% wrong at that point. Um, I don't recall for this episode, no. I, I You must be thinking of another one, Si. Are you certain it was this one? I, th- I think yeah, there was a point where you weren't that keen on it, because you didn't quite get it. I think my, I, 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 I didn't... I, my, what I was going to say was... My dad didn't think I would this episode for whatever reason. I still don't know why to this day. But um, I, I, don't, I don't think I fully understand it, but I found it intriguing. It interested me. And that was the thing, you know. We t- Again, it's one of those things where, you know, I think, <clears throat> you know, a lot of us probably, you know, we probably take communication for granted. You know, it's such an, it's such an everyday part of our lives. So kind of, uh, in, in, uh, so I'm trying to work, um, instilled in us or whatever. That you know, and you know, and particularly watching Star Trek. Oh, you know, you got the Universal Translator. You know, well, even even species that talk different languages. Well, now we'll be able to communicate with them. And they've actually come up against, you know, uh, a species, the, the Temerians. They can't. The, the Universal Translator can't decipher their language fully. So it was just really quite interesting that they had that that, that challenge to overcome. And you know, the, the way they did it, I said it. It was just, oh, it's just the whole episode just works wonderfully well. Um, you may recognise the Tamarian ship. It's not the first time it's appeared because again, that's a redress already. Wouldn't surprise me. 
Uh, it's a redress of the Telerian observation craft, seen and suddenly human. It's the same one, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, yeah. Uh, the dagger <laughs> is reused a couple more times in next gen. Yep, yep, it is. Yep, isn't it um, used in tapestry as well when Picard, when Picard gets stabbed in the heart by the Norsicans? Isn't that the same one that's used? Possibly, because there are yeah. a few that are lying around. If I if I am wrong, then obviously I do apologise. That's just an idea that came to I, my head. I did think about it, but I just wanted to keep it quite vague because I'm like you, yeah, I'm not quite sure, but I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised mm. i like the fact that the temerian captain first off to have a mirror relationship to picard Riker. you know the whole no you're not doing it i'm doing it yeah because yeah, that's I... what they have at the beginning and you just sit go that's so funny just kind of no i'm doing this no i'm 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 the captain i'm doing it and it's the first officer goes all right then fine you don't bloody do it then. it's just an interesting parallel on the fact that temerian captain um played by paul winfield who's who's who unfortunately has passed. Who was also um, in Rafa Khan. Yeah. Um, and also played a uh, police officer in the first Terminator. Um, I think you think he passed away this year, didn't he? I think that's what you sort of going uh, to say. No, I think he passed away a few years ago. I think it was a couple of years back. But it's definitely within the last few years. Um, as I said, he's unfortunately passed away. Um, but yeah brilliant performance well both particularly both from both from him and patrick stewart um and just the fact that the cap that the captain he the temerian captain he was willing to sacrifice to sacrifice everything to communicate i just think it's just it's incredible it really it's just incredible oh and this is something i spoke to jamie about when we spoke out on the phone it's interesting how the two different age groups deal with the situation soraka and that sort of age group up in space think the worst but yeah. Picard spends the time to try and understand what's actually going on and just going, oh, I'm going to jump to conclusions and go, he's trying to kill me. And you've got Wolf going, yes, it's a challenge to the death. Yeah. Well, they're busy trying to sort things out. It's all going nuts in space. It's kind of, no, they're, they're, they're trying to kill our captain. They're, they're not doing it. And you're going, what? Obviously not, but, you know. That's the thing. That's why communication is so important because obviously, as you said to me on many occasions, you can say something or write something or whatever, and it can be taken completely the opposite way to what you were intending it to mean. And this is episode is a prime example of that happening. I said on the ship, as you said, Michael and that misinterpreting what was happening, and and you know, it almost said it all, all almost all went to pot. So, um, Ensign Leffler's first appearance before her, her main appearance in the game. Yep. Uh, and talking about the difference between standard D and HD, in HD they replace the wrong shot where the Enterprise D fires its phasers from its photon torpedo launcher. So there's a shot in there where it fires it from the photon torpedo tube, which is completely and utterly 100% wrong. But in the HD version, it actually fires from the a phaser strip. There you are. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, but um, yeah, as you say, it's just it's just an episode that definitely needs to be watched um if you have if anyone hasn't seen it um you know and i said as you said simon all, all the crew get their moments to shine i loved seeing kind of picard's thought processes how he tried he was working out communication with them with the tamarians how he kind of how he figured it out um i loved the kind of ending as well like kind of any future contact with them as picard says kind of well studying their own mythology may help relate to theirs and improved communication which i thought was really was really quite interesting and yeah it's just 
and it's as you say, it's a great. I think there's a great contrast as well between Picard and Riker. So, obviously, with Picard trying to resolve the situation peacefully, and Riker kind of by force is kind of, it's kind of it comes to the point where he's trying, but he, he, you know, he can't see another way out. He can't see a way to kind of resolve the situation peacefully. You do sit there and go, well, how the hell if they did come to communicate on the planet? How on earth did they communicate with the ship to go? Yeah, all right, then we're we're good. Beam us up now, kind of we're dealt with it because they had such a big scattering field that i don't think it kind of it made communications work either so yeah how would that have worked yeah i get it it's a bit kind of i do remember as you were saying they do the sumerians do block they do have yes it have a scattering for their blocks communications as well doesn't it so it's all right then thinking about it it is a bit like arena in a certain degree yeah the crew's watching from a ship just kind of how they're going to deal with this oh no i'm going to build a cannon not kill you properly let let them go let them learn so it's a nice that's again i think it's next gen kind of taking elements from the original series and we have that i think in a few episodes time and i must admit the alien the alien that um picard and tamir and captain face on the planet the I think was... great designs it's brilliant oh yeah production designs with Sumerians and again I've always loved the Sumerian ship design I think it's always a, br- a beautiful ship and it's a bit unusual compared with the other ones because you look at season five and it's just like welcome back to uh, another edition of you've seen this somewhere else before <laughs> yeah but I think I think the monster I said the monster the alien down the plate I've got to say was pretty fearsome you know it's quite quite terrifying so you can just appear and disappear and that just that you know different points but again the Tamerans are one of those but species that's why they chose that planet because it's kind mm. of um it's the enemy of my enemy is my friend it's that whole thing isn't it mm. it's just kind of all for one all for, uh, one, for, one, three, all for one that one yeah yeah but i think i think you know and the Tamerans are one of those species that you'd love to have seen again definitely would love to have seen again um I, I just think they didn't use them again because I think they're a bit difficult to try and pin down trying to get yeah. a, a story from them. So, but I think you know, so it would. I, I think it might be one of those cases where it would have been nice to, but maybe it was best that I only just. Maybe they didn't spoil. Yeah. Their appearances because I've done that before and used to go no just leave, leave it oh no they didn't. No. So it's quite nice and it's singular thing and it's again it's that mysterious thing we don't know much about them and that's what we got to see. The um. The, some of the uh, me- messages um, that I got from this episode was communication, understanding language is important in establishing relationships. Um, patience and trying is the key to understanding. Don't give up. Understanding ourselves is the key to understanding others. So obviously when Picard talks about uh, what I said earlier about at the end studying themselves to help with future relations with the Tamerians and uh, violence and conflict is a last resort. That's kind of that's the kind of messages that I I kind of got from the episode. All species face the same problems. Two heads are better than one. Don't jump to conclusions. There's risk in everything we do. Life is unpredictable. Because I think the Enterprise crew kind of got thrown into things there. Yeah. <laughs> um, morals, teamwork is an important part of life. A problem share is a problem halved. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we've been saying. Life is their challenges physically, and mentally. That's reappearing from last year, but I think that's due here uh people are more alike than unalike sort of kind of going on the same thoughts as you you're saying jeremy sometimes you have to jump in head first again quite literally the enemy of my enemy is my friend peace and unity are a worthy goal every decision make has its consequences 
and I think unfortunately it ends up with uh, Smear and Captain passing away. Yeah. But again, it all for a worthy cause. Oh yeah, definitely. And, you know, and in his mind it was worth it, and you know, completely, un- completely understand that point of view. So yeah. Um, anything else? No, I'm, I'm no? good. Um, oh. Again, I have my paired back three M's this year, so it won't take me half an hour to do all mine. Uh, so next episode, Ensign Rowe, um, Admiral uh, Kennelly assigns the Enterprise to help resolve tensions. Kennelly. Ken- oh, let me start again. Thank you, Sai. Admiral Kennelly assigns the Enterprise to help resolve tensions with the Bajorans, who are carrying out terrorist attacks on the Kardashians. Bajoran Roe Larin is assigned to the Enterprise to help, but Roe is abrasive and does not want to be on the ship or the mission. Uh, this is kind of a big point in Star Trek. This is the start of the Bajoran thread. This is the start of oh, yeah. DS9 coming in. Oh, I didn't put it up, but it's a key no, moment. No, same here, but it is a really, really good episode. I've always, I've always enjoyed it. An episode that was meant to go on to bigger and greater things, but then that got taken over by a certain different other character. Yeah. So. Because um, Forbes wasn't quite up for it, I think, for a call. I don't honestly know the reason why she turned it down. I'm not quite sure, so I can't comment. <laughs> I don't really want to comment on that. But if you know, if that's because I think you said I think you said that to me a while back, didn't you? That was kind of she wanted to do other stuff, maybe was it? Wasn't it? I, I believe so. That's what I know from it, which is why they created Major Kira. Yeah. Because it's kind of, oh, crap, that didn't quite work out how I imagine it. Well, here's another. Because, as I say, I found out when doing this, looking through all the notes on Memory Alpha and Extra Science, because that's mm. usually where I get most of my information from, they were saying you know, that Emissary was filmed during the finale of this season. So it was filmed during one of the parts of Time's Arrow. Mm. So it's all very current. And then you've also got to think, in a few episodes of time, we also had Star Trek VI also ongoing. So it's a busy time in Star Trek where things oh, are yeah. starting to happen and well, references as you say, here, there and everywhere. And as you say, it's a great introduction to the Bajorans and their situation with the Kardashians, which, as you say, expand on in DS9. Um, memorably complex character and I think I said Michelle Forbes great performance I think brings sympathy and depth to her character um, I, I think I've had I've said on record I've never quite got the hang of Vincent Rowe there's she's got a very strong and long fan group I've just never quite got her I've always found her a bit abrasive but I can't understand why people like her oh yeah definitely. She's, she's got better over time I think I am better with her now than I was say Three or four years ago, I think it takes me four years ago I've gone sod off. Like, <laughs> sod off with like Keiko, like I can't be doing with her. But these days, I'd, I appreciate them more. Yeah, because didn't they say in the special features, something on the lines of they wanted to bring in someone new to kind of shake things up a bit? Yeah, we said about this when we were on the phone to each other that it's another another time where you got the Enterprise crew being a bit unfair to the new member of the crew yeah mm. a second time the crew are prejudiced towards a new crew member so last time was lieutenant barkley well an interesting thing i i found when i was watching oh and yes I yes this was an interesting thing yeah and you really asked me about this because it's kind of did you see this and i went no but no. bring it up jamie yeah I, I, I mean i don't know if this means anything it just could be a coincidence with how it turned out but I found it interesting how all the men on the Enterprise didn't want to, don't want to engage her and shun her. So like Riker, Geordi, etc., and Picard. And then you get Guinan and even Troy and Beverly try and talk to her. 
in, when she's in 10-4, they come up to her and they, they, they say, oh, do you mind if we sit with you? So they're trying to engage with her, yet the men don't. So I don't know if that means anything or if it's just a coincidence, but I just found that very, very interesting. And I, I just, you know, I think it's just one of those things of, you know, I don't think it'll ever be kind of, there's not, there might not be an answer, but that just, I just found that really intriguing. Um, and I'm, you know, yeah. So <laughs> it was just like, I was, I was watching, I thought to myself, well, that's interesting. So I just, I said, as Sam said, I noted it down and I just, just like I wanted to bring up. It's just like, why, why is it done? Why, why that way? Why has it been done this way? Is it just a coincidence or is there something more behind it? I don't know, but. Well, one third I thought kind of sussy was hidden in the background. Is Section 31 and the Kardashians up to their old tricks again? Maybe. I mean... Because we had that during, what, season one? Mm. Um, And I, I thought it was interesting. Didn't they say also in season one that the common cold had been eliminated? But I think, as I've thought about it today, this morning, maybe the human one has, but maybe the Kardashian one maybe is a bit more um, prolific. Yeah. Um. Is it worth restarting up the edition of Where Have You Seen This Before Again? Because there's a few of these. Yeah, go for it. Reuse of Enterprise Approaching Starbase. Uh, shot seen in 11001001. And do you recognise the Bajoran Cruiser from anywhere? Again, he probably has been in something before, probably an earlier episode, next gen, but I wouldn't, rem- I wouldn't remember offhand. Well, we'll get used to saying this word. The Hant Hazok. Ship first seen in the Survivors is regessed and used as a Bajoran cruiser in this one. Oh, it's from the Survivors. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd get used to it, Jamie. It's... Right. <laughs> Thank you. F- f- thanks for the advance warning. Um, I think this has been. I think it's a big thing. But are the Bajorans such explosions of the pros- prosecuted Jews? Yeah, I could definitely see a. Pa- I could definitely un- kind of see a parallel there, possibly. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a very subtle reference to Times Arrow, the events in Times Arrow, when Guinan's talking to Ensign Rowe. Well, if you remember, you get this reference with Ensign Rowe and Picard and things, where she where she goes, well, at a point where I was hurting, a board man helped me, and then there's a shot of Picard, which is a reference to the events of Times Arrow, or Times Arrow Part 2. Oh, wow. It comes up a couple of times where it's just like Guinan speaking offhand, where it's just kind of... Oh yes, a bald, bald man was kind to me once. I quite like bald men, and it's a reference all to Times Arrow. Oh god, yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? So that's just clicked in my head as you said that. Yeah, def- that's quite, again, that's, that's why quite I love actually. it. It's just kind of at this point, no one has a clue what she's on about. Mm. It's not until then where she clicks and goes, "Oh, this is, this is when it happens." Oh, I'm, I get it now. But yeah, but um, some of the other things I really liked about this episode, like I said the wonderfully intriguing friendship between Garden and Roe, and they're quite obviously they're both similar. They've lost their homes, they've gone into the Borg roads of the Cardassians. Um, I love the standoff between Picard and the Cardassian captain Goldalak. Um, just the I, just the, the just <laughs> awesome irony where in this instance Roe refusing to follow the Admiral's orders saved lives and the vertebral was previously it got people killed I just found that really quite interesting irony it just doesn't quite add up though I really don't get it because as I say it's a great episode but again with a ship that can only go in impulse it just kind of doesn't quite work just kind of yeah they're no threat you're talking about it's the a... Bajoran cruiser yeah because well, they're just minding your own business and then you got the Kardashians still me in there going yeah well get rid of them for us and you're going 
what are they doing? Like, what, what's their problem? Like, they're a terrorist terrorist group that can't ter- terrorise anyone. Yeah, because um, Ro, going back to Ro, um, I think her previous actions, when she... Um, um, She's gone down the Tamim Brown route of let's go and kill people on a ray mission by by accident. All, yeah, yeah. It was it was an 808 team, uh, eight away team, something like yeah, that. Eight team members, I think it was. Yeah, but um, I just thought episodes had really good plot with some good twists and turns. I thought it was quite well written. I said overall, I've, I've always really enjoyed. It. I mean, it's, again, it's not one I've uh, would ever put up, but it's a really good one. And I must admit, one other thing I did like, I noted down was I've really enjoyed the opening scene with Picard and Mott just discussing about how to engage the Romulans. I just found that really quite funny, that opening scene. Yeah, have we seen Mott before? Uh, I'm not quite sure. Because we've been to the kind of beauty parlor hairdressers before, but I don't think we've quite seen Mott yet. Because yeah, I know I think... he comes up in later seasons in Starship Mine, where it's a bit more of a thing where he uses the name Mott. But up He's till a... now, they use the space, but I don't think they're quite... Isn't um correct me if I'm I don't know if this is before um Ensign or after, but doesn't um uh Mott at some point trim Wolf's hair as well or his beard? That's schisms. That's later German. Later. Oh yeah, big pun. Yeah, so this might be the first time we've seen Mott. I don't know for sure. I'm not gonna say 100. percent I'm not be. in the right mindset to work it out. No, but so maybe. But we we he does appear. <laughs> that much we do know. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see another part of the Enterprise as ever as I usually say at that oh, point. Yeah. yeah. Um Morris meanings. Yeah, go for it. Um not everyone's perfect. Treat people how you like to be treated, uh, with respect. I added that note in there for some reason. Tell the truth. Oh, I also quite like quarter the kind of um oh, I've had my um 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 my speech thing cut. And again, that's another weird thing about Ro Laren. She's got a very similar story to um, Kira. If you listen to her story, it's pretty much the same story, and they're just going to get copy paste. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, yeah. I find hilarious because, as I say, you can still see the kind of thread of kind of, yep, yeah, she's going to end up being transplanted into this. Oh, wait, no, that's not going to happen. Never mind. Well, the They'll thing never is, notice. Well, the other thing as well is it's kind of, when you think about it, they are kind of quite similar. I mean, I know. You know, they they've both done things they've regretted. So in a way, it kind of makes sense that it kind of stories kind of would be similar. I think. Yeah, well, yeah, but well, this you kind of just change again. It's a, you cross out the name and just change it, and <laughs> it's that whole thing. Yeah. Um, power corrupts absolutely. Again, we've got another bloody rotten and rotten admiral. Yep. <laughs> again. Never trust admirals. They they there are a few hidden away that are decent, but most of them don't trust them with your life. Bless no you matter what. It's there are a few, but even um yeah, I think there's one uh, later this season as well. Yeah, it? yeah, I think so. Yeah, sorry, go on. Uh, no matter what you do, the truth will always be found out. Sometimes you have to be have to read between the lines. Nothing's quite what it appears. Everyone has the potential for greatness. Every problem has a solution. Don't make people; it never ends well. And sometimes the truth is in plain sight. Their ship doesn't go at warp. You know that kind of gives it away a bit. <laughs> Um, the messages I got was respect other people and culture's customs. So Bajora have the family name first, the individual's name second. So customs are important to Ryan Picard respects that. Um, and he also lets her wear her Bajoran earring as well at the, at the end as well. Um, obviously, you know, Pawns are the prime directive. Um, so when um, when Keith berates Picard for the Federation not helping the Bajorans when the Kardashians took over, 
Um, obviously, you see, as you say, never never trust admirals. You know, Admiral Kennelly is corrupt, um, and everyone deserves a second chance. So when Picard offers Row, uh, you know, to stay in Starfleet after the uh, mission, that ends well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that that's season seven, but yeah, <laughs> um, sort of a different um solution to that character than you get with Kira, but you know, never mind. Um, next episode, Crazy Lady. Yay, Silicon Avatar. Did Am you... I doing this? Oh, yeah, you did last one, didn't you? Yeah. Riker fresh on data of visiting Connolly, where Riker's obviously trying to hit on someone. <laughs> a Connolly where the Chris sign entity appears unexpectedly in attacks, forcing everyone on the ground, Dr. Crazy Ma, <laughs> visits Enterprise to help track the entity, but soon accuses data of aiding it. Oh, my God, this woman's nuts. Again, this is something else we spoke about endlessly. Yeah. And I spent the whole time on the phone for about 20 minutes complaining about this crazy woman i really did it it's just jamie yeah i mean this is an interesting episode in some ways i think it works in other ways i don't think it does she's bloody bonkers and the whole crew go along with her and it's like come on you said in the first 10 minutes oh we shouldn't leave her alone (laughs) oh what do we do we leave her alone where's that gonna end I just love the moment where Dr. Moore is about to kill the crystalline entity. She's just staring at it coldly. And, and, and Jenna goes, oh, something's wrong. Hey, it's, it's you know, cancer not obvious. Well, and it's, just like, it's amazing oh. right at the beginning. It just kind of, yeah. oh, you don't need to be an empath to work out how she's feeling. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yes. Carl kind of goes, oh, yes, we'll monitor her. And you're going, yeah, OK, monitor then, you damn people. But no, we won't do that. Just carry on doing what you're doing. Oh. Busy work on the thing that's going to kill the thing in the end. It's like, oh, yeah. for God's sake, have you not learned anything from the last five years? Yeah. Well, it, as you said, she drove me nuts. She really did. I've spent most of my notes going, this woman's nuts. Well, what, what I loved as well, the episode contradicts itself. It's like, when Picard says to Ed, oh, I need to know if Dr. Mark can remain objective. You know, And that's despite already knowing she has resentment towards Data and doesn't want to work with him. And it's like, well, that, that kind of says it all. And yet he forces them to work together and says nothing. And yet Mar tells Data on the plate that her son was killed by the crystalline entity. And yet they don't question her motives or anything. And it's just like, right then. Okay. As you said, as you said to me on the phone, it's like she's got to hand over the red button pretty much for a whole episode. They just don't do anything. And it's just like, right then. Okay. No, and, no one's going to monitor when she's doing that in Data's courses at any point, which is going to, no, we trust you. You're not going to do anything nuts. Although she spent the whole episode being nuts, but never mind. Just... Yeah, and as you say, Troy's just useless in his episode. Doesn't, just, oh, doesn't... I don't think she gets a... I think she actually gets a fair bit of use this season, at least. But yeah, yeah oh, it's yeah, just, like yeah. completely criminally underused in this particular episode. Where it's like, yeah. the facts are there, but no one bloody acts on it, as per usual. <laughs> um, the Brawl 3 Thraser, do you recognise that from anywhere? Um, you should do. Go on. I just said it. I said it like the last episode. Oh, the the survivors ship. Yeah, it's the Hanuk ship. Or Hanuk if you want to go, for, although the shot is reused from the most toys where it plays Jovis. Um, last appearance of the Crystalline NC. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. The and with the remastered episode, they had to completely rebuild the CGI model of the Crystalline NC as the original was lost. Oh, was it? Um, yeah, I did tell you about this on the phone, but never mind. Jamie's obviously oh. forgotten again. Um, I've always loved the special effect of the uh, Chris Lancey firing at the planet. I always thought that was incredible. Oh, yeah. That opening scene is, is terrifically done. That, that amount of tension in that scene was just so well done, yeah. 
Uh, in one scene in the caves, Dr. Mark can be seen holding the tricorder up the upside down. <laughs> I knew you'd mention that, yeah. Uh, how does Dr. Mark join Enterprise? As you don't see the ship she arrives on, so where, the, where does she come? she been from? Good point, yeah. I think it's just them saving money. Mm. Now, this is the bit where I really don't get it. Why did the crew listen to Dr. Mark? She's obviously hunting the crystalline entity with no desire to communicate with it. And I think she's got a split Jekyll and Hyde personality, which makes her dangerous. Yeah. It's just like, oh, my God. Like, really? In all your encounters, you've not learned anything? Kind of, oh, crazy lady. Don't worry. You keep doing what you're doing. We won't interfere. You're obviously an expert in this. Yeah, right. Um. Uh, you know, a couple of things that I did like um, about the episode, a couple of <laughs> things I liked, was um, terrific performances from Brent Spiner and Ellen Green as Dr. Ma. I think her makes her character interesting, complex, and to a certain extent sympathetic. Um, and I think I found it intriguing that the episode doesn't say if, if Ma was right or wrong in destroying the entity. It shows you and the crew's faults, but because uh, like I said, Riker kind of agrees with her, doesn't he? And, he, you know, so it's quite interesting the episode kind of didn't really have an answer at the end which i just thought was fascinating really you know and but it's a kind of do no harm and she does harm so oh, i think yeah. in some ways mostly is a negative Maybe. of don't mm. do this don't mm. don't don't kill something just for kind of sport as it kind of is here because she sort of dresses up kind of oh i want to learn about it just so she can go and kill it she sort of masquerades kind of Again, it's that drumhead line, kind of a villain that curls their moustache. Uh, um, curls their moustache is a easy spot. It's that whole thing. She is, and she kind of masquerades, going around. I'm a scientist, and it's like not really. She, you know, she must well go around with those kind of hunting hats, just kind of <laughs> safari hats, kind of. <laughs> literally, all you need to give Doctor Ma literally is just a pitchfork as well. Just oh, gonna go, gonna gonna destroy the crystalline entity. I just, she drove me nuts in this episode. She really did, just like. As you say, in a way, in some ways, the episode does work, but in others, it doesn't. It's not a bad episode, but it's not, it's not particularly cruel. I don't. It's think a so. bit weird with the whole data thing as well. I never quite got the hang of that either. I never have, even when I was younger. You used to sit there going, Yeah. What, she... what are we meant to think? Are we meant to feel sorry for her? Or are we meant to hate the damn woman? Or what? I don't maybe, quite get it. Maybe the whole data both. kind of. Here's a treat. Well, Data will be your son for a while, and then which, it's like. Which just brings it to a whole. Oh, new that made of... me laugh at the end as well. It's just kind of I did this view, and the Data goes, "Oh yes, well, your son would have hated that," and you just see her face as you kind of, "Yes, well, doctor, after this episode, Doctor Martin ended up in a mental asylum and and passed away a year later." You get that sort of vibe from it. It's just, mm. Her face just kind of drops. It's just but... like. Yeah. Okay, right. Just kind of, she's got so enveloped in hate that she's completely forgotten what it's all about. Well, yeah, and the thing is, as you say, the whole thing with Data, said him pretend like her thinking it, Data's her son, it was just just on a whole new level of weird, and it's just like God, you know. And it's just, as you say, it's 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 just an episode you're just not quite sure what to think. But it is it is it's an interesting one. one. I don't think they quite knew what to do with it. Yeah. I think they wanted to go one way and then went, wanted to go another way. So you end up with this melding pot of different things and it's not either one or the other. Mm. It's certainly an interesting episode, though. Definitely, you know, and it does it does have some credit, some 
pluses. Um, the messages I've got very little, as you say, do no harm. Um, yeah, I similar. There's no need to revert revert resorts of violence. Revenge. Yeah, um, revenge is a poison and it can destroy you. That's and I've got the question mark of sometimes violence is necessary because as you say, the episode is kind of so. That's. Weird. I didn't really get that vibe. I don't think so because again, it's all yes, yeah, so I may be killing people, but don't kill it because then you know better than it. Well, as you uh, say, the episode is very not quite sure so that's, that's why i put a question mark i'm quite sure it's like is that what it's saying or not treasure anyway. the time you have with friends and family i'm going through that route again you're never truly gone uh don't jump to conclusions and genocide of a species is wrong because once that thing is gone it's gone but as far as we know that was the, that was the only one of its kind there wasn't any other ones that we knew about as far as we know that was the only one it's so just, so that's why i'd I don't think it was the right thing to do. Yes, it's killing things. But, again, it's the whole point throughout the episode is, well, surely, you know, you've got, was it sperm whale that kind of kills plankton? Yeah. Should that, should that happen to that? And the obvious answer is no. So how is this any different? It's sure it's people, but, like, who are we to act as God to kind of go, no, you can't exist, you can exist? Yeah, exactly. As you say, it's an, it's an interesting episode, but I don't think it's not one that quite knew what it wanted to say, what it wanted to do. Um disaster yeah uh, yeah um, you're in this one jeremy oh yes yes um when an undetectable object collides with the ship emergency systems isolate all the crew where they are picard is injured and must rely on scared children wolf must deliver keiko's baby and troy is trapped on the bridge with a minimal crew um great episode i mean it's one i've always always enjoyed just so just so well done how they balance everything out because obviously you not only got the Troy plot on the bridge, you've got, I said, Wolf delivering Kako's baby, you've got Picard with the scared children, and then you've got Riker and uh, Data trying to get to engineering, and you've got Geordie and Beverly um, stuck in the cargo. So you've got like five or six different things going on around the ship, and they, I think they do a really good job of balancing it all it out. It takes all of them out of their comfort zones. Mm. Picard with children, yeah. Troy in command, Geordie performing, Wolf being a midwife, and Riker beheading Data. Yeah. So all, all situations where they, they've never been in before, and they're all forced to adapt, which I think is just really clever parallel and a really, really nice thread running through all the different little stories. And interestingly, the Troy and Command one actually leads on to her taking the Commander's test in Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as you say, again, a first use of this is where Troy's actually used, her character's actually done really well, written really well. You know, and yeah, as you say, it's such it's such a cleverly done episode. Um, you know, and I, I I actually found it quite interesting as I was watching it how how kind of how Roe was trained. You know, always calling her counselor, never sir. Not like O'Brien and the other bridge officer. He's always old. I think she oddly enough, I think she called her choice sir once, and then she goes back to call dressing her as counselor, which I found kind of strange. It's like, well, is it meant to be out of kind of disrespect, or did, was it just? Did you just forget or something? I, I just found that interesting. Um, you always try holding your breath when they decompress the cargo bay. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Although with that, you do sit there and go, couldn't they have moved the recompression controls onto a pad or the nearby outer door control console? It's the 24th century, surely you can move <laughs> door control from there to there? Oh, maybe. But, Don't yeah. you think? Yeah. Um, Great special effects of the turbolift falling. Plenty of use of optical cables as climbing ropes. Mm-hmm. Ferrojaka yet again. Yep, Ferrojaka, Ferrojaka. 
How is it easy to get from deck 10 and 10 forward to deck 36 than to get to deck 1? <laughs> Are you referring to um, Riker and Data? Yeah. yeah. They do summarise some problems of getting to this place and that place. But to go from deck 10 to deck 1, 9 decks. To get from deck 10 to deck 36, 26 decks. Some, somehow it's easier, though. How does that work? How does it actually work? <laughs> One of the other things I liked as well was kind of some of the humorous moments in the beginning and throughout. So, um, you know, Data, Riker, Wolf, O'Brien and Coker in 10 forward. Radishes, radishes. Radish. <laughs> chatting about baby names and Riker petitioned his name, his, his first name for Yes, yeah, that's the other thing I did point out, isn't it, when I was on the phone. Yeah. The, it, it's the 24th century and they're all boys' names and it ends up being a girl. And you see they're going, huh, how did that happen? But I, I must admit, I think William O'Brien does have a really nice ring to it. I got Yeah, say. apart from it's a girl. Yes, I know. We can we can work out sexes these days, but they can't do it in the twenty fourth century. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. You spend this whole and again, this is the first time we pretty much see Keiko and O'Brien since then the last series, since they got married, and so out of the blue, she's pregnant, heavily pregnant. And you're going, when did this actually happen? Yeah, I think I think we said that it probably would have been a good idea. I don't know. In one of the early episodes, maybe just a reference or something to say that she's pregnant. I don't know. That might have made it a bit more believable. Um, but the other moments I loved was when um, Beverly and Geordie are in the cargo bay and she's trying to convince him to sing, attempts to convince him to sing, which I just thought was hilarious. And obviously, It's a, it's a kind of reference back to her drama club, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, Picard giving um, the children was it Marissa, Jade, Gordon, and Patterson a tour after winning the primary school science fair. And I says, love the way he does the dullest things prior to the accident, and then kind of succumbs after all of this and does all the cool stuff with them afterwards. Yeah, and um, it's the way, and I love the great use of uniforms in that. So he hands over his pips, hmm. so he gives two to Carissa. And interesting, you never find out what she does, which I've never quite understood, but I think it's just kind of timing. And then he gives one to the other two boys. Yeah. I think this is a great, nice touch. Although I've always had this misconception oh, since I was very young. I always thought her costume, her outfit already had one pip in it already. And he just added one to that. I always thought it was that. But I think watching it this time around, it's actually he gives two over to her. And gives one to the other boys, doesn't he? I think. Yeah, because he names um, he names Mar- Marissa as his uh, yeah Marissa as his number one. I said he's. Yeah, um, that you get a, a kinksy scene at the end. It was like, yes, I'll take command. It's like, why don't you leave it in command of like a nine year old? <laughs> what could uh, possibly go wrong with that idea? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just love when when Picard's back to give him a tour, and Brian says to Troy, "I don't <laughs> know who I feel more sorry for, the captain or the children." <laughs> I just thought that was. Um, yeah, as you said, um, I said all that. So, so, you know, the editing, obviously, with the plots balanced really well. Get an equal amount of time. And I said all crew members getting their moment to shine. Um, I said the dynamic on the bridge, as you said about Troy in charge, I thought was really good. Um, and I said it's clever how each crew member is forced to adapt to an unfamiliar situation, as you listed uh, earlier on. Um, oh, that does make me laugh with beheaded data. Oh, it's yeah. So like you can work out how they've done it. They've obviously got this. I've <laughs> got this board in engineering. They shove Brent Spiner's head through it, just try and make it vaguely like his head's come off. 
Yeah. And he just uh, go. He sat down. He he sat in a chair. And they just <laughs> kind of just sold him like just just act a little bit. Just like. Yeah. I like, think. Okay. <laughs> I find that a bit funny. Just kind of. Yeah. We all know how that's done these days. Just kind of you're not fooling anyone. But nice try. I just I just love the moment. I just love the moment where, where Riker's trying to connect the uh, the the wire to to one of the tools in his on his head and he gets it wrong. He says, it's not that one, Commander. It's just the look on Data's face. Just. And I think it comes up again next season with a fistful of data. They try and pull the same trick off, and obviously that fails just equally. Yeah, I think also I think it's really good teamwork as well with all the crew in different parts. So working to get themselves that situation. So like the walk field collapsing, data and rocket coming up against the electrical field, Picard's ankle broken, and the turbo lift threatening to collapse. And obviously you've got the radiation problem in the cargo bay. Um, oh yes, there's a couple more points. I think the child actors in this episode are great, as I think yep. they're re- they're really believable. I like I the way throughout the episode their confidence grows, particularly mm. Mar- Marissa. And did you also re- notice the reference back to Loss? It's pretty too subtle for you. Uh, not off the top of my head, but go on. Right at the beginning, where they're talking about what's just happened, the cosmic string comes up, and that's a reference back to Loss. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. So that's a nice little thing. I saw the thing that. These references come a bit more obvious. Once we've gone through, you can pick up on a hell of a lot more. I think so. There's a lot more. Again, it's a lot more cohesive. Mm. It's yeah, it's it's an interesting episode. It really is. Everyone being taken out of their comfort zone and it's really well acted. And I, I and I, I don't know if you picked up this, but it made me chuckle that Jay Gordon's character just seems obsessed with death. His science projects is about. He keeps saying they'll all die, and it's just like, yeah, this kid's got an. Un- <laughs> I don't know if it's just me, it's just, it, but it just it just made me chuckle. It's just like, oh yeah, we're all gonna die now. It's like, oh you know, that, that, that's great, kid. I think it is just kids just going worst case scenario and just kind of yeah. going, you know, no, try not to worry about this. It. Just yeah. I, um, I think I don't I think don't think that's the case, but I think yeah, it's just the way it was written. And I think where really, they just think the worst is kind of we're all gonna die, and it's like, and obviously, kids, we're not, we're not. And obviously the ending, as you said, about um, Marissa and Riker addressed the captain, but Ricard says, make it so number one. You know, that just that was just funny. Again, uh, that's just chinksy, night, like, 1990s stuff, isn't it? Just yeah. kind of, aren't they silly, aren't they funny? <laughs> but yeah, as an episode, it just works, re- it just works wonderfully. Right? Just, everything came together really nicely. It was well written, well acted. I, it's, again, it's one I think we both both always really quite enjoyed. Um the messages I got from it was we all have to adapt to unfamiliar situations, even if we have no experience or little knowledge. Teamwork and working with others is important in life, including getting out of dangerous situations. Um, and as a bit of trivia, this is obviously a second appearance of uh, Ensign Wright in this season. Wow. Yeah. I couldn't figure that out, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got trivia for every episode, but I have for some of them. What does later on it says this is the third appearance of Vincent No, Rowe. no, it doesn't. Um, there isn't a right way or a wrong way to do something. Sometimes you have to face your fears head on. In life, you have to t- uh, have to make difficult choices, uh, decisions. Life's edge challenges us physically and mentally. Never underestimate the capabilities of someone. Uh, teamwork is an important part of life. So, yeah, I have actually diversified a bit and changed some. You know, it does happen. So, yeah, this is a good overall episode. I think it's one of those ones that, unfortunately, I've pre-watched to death, but I do really enjoy it, though. 
Yeah, mm. I think actually that disaster was one of the episodes I actually uh, used in my um, my um, undergraduate dissertation in back in my uni days. Actually, I think that's one of the episodes I analysed. Actually, interestingly enough. Um, so next one. Yeah, the game. During a visit from Wesley, a holographic game Riker picks up and visits Riser. Begins to circulate around the ship, making every member of the crew who plays it an addict. <clears throat> when Wes discovers how the game works, he becomes a hunted fugitive on the ship for about three minutes. Um, yeah, this one is what I'd call going up. You bring it up, yeah. Yeah. I've really enjoyed this one. It's not not a, a contender for me, but I've always really enjoyed it. And despite an episode that is kind of like a guilty pleasure, it's got a surprising amount of depth. It really has got a surprising amount of depth. It's something you pointed out to me, wasn't it, Si? It's kind of like, watch, it's like, blimey, something's actually right. There's quite a bit, there's quite a bit in this one. Yeah, and some bits that you can't un- unhear once you've heard it. And I think yeah. it is, it's, it's kind of commonly known, but you watch it and then you go, yeah. oh boy, that's a bit one of, weird. One of the bits, I, did, I said one of the things, I kind of, one of the only things I kind of didn't like was kind of, bit of creepy undertone so with certain characters getting others into the game that stimulates the pleasure center in the brain so like beverly trying to persuade wesley to play the game it's just like yeah right okay i'm just gonna move away from this. well it's the euphemism for sex that's kind of yeah. inferred from it he's just going, yeah okay this is a bit creepy just kind of beverly going yes wesley um it's uh what's her name yes, uh, robin would you yeah. like to play the game with me? And you go, yeah. okay, random. Yeah. And it's even weird where it's just like, try to Beverly. And you get all these weird things where you just go, <laughs> what the hell? Have I missed something here? <laughs> oh, so dear. it did make me sit there. As I, as I do occasionally, just kind of like second episode of season one. You know what? Where it's like, they can't handle their drink. They also don't get enough of it either. Uh, I could just imagine your reaction as you're watching this episode at home. I'd love to see the look on your face. <laughs> I but think that's... I spent the whole episode going, you, no, no. But it's like, Same do thing. they do Starfleet officers get enough of it, though? That's what you kind of got to infer from it, that they've got to get it from a freaking game. Well, you know, if the fact they've got to get it from a game, it kind of says that they probably don't get enough of it. So <laughs> probably not. It's probably the answer to that question. Uh, there um, are references galore in this. Yeah. Do you recognise a Katarian ship? Is it the survivor ship again? Nope. No, then no. You've got to go all the way back to season one for this one. Tellarian plague ship seen in Haven. So that's going way back. Oh, it's that one again, isn't it? Because I remember you saying to me, I think, was it last season or a couple of seasons ago? You, you, There was another ship and you were quite impressed that it, I, I got the answer. I think it was this one, yeah. Yeah. Um, nice subtle reference back to Data's Day when they were talking about dancing. So that's where yeah. in Data. As a Karen ship bridge is a redress of the Romulan ship bridge. And I don't, there's a few old bits where you sit there going, how the frick does this work? How is an Oberth class starship? reused shot from the drumhead obviously considered a shuttlecraft how does that work mm. it's a fully fledged starship and it's classed as a shuttlecraft okay um why is the tractor being coming out of the photon torpedo launcher we're back here and it's another issue of why the freight didn't they change it <laughs> yeah uh 
I said I'd, I'd love to I'd love to I'd love to watch a few of these episodes with you in a season review because it'd be fascinating to see how your mind works just what you write down your reactions to like what the heck's happening here yeah. it's an incredibly elaborate dish for such a small amount of ice cream oh yeah yeah um, you look at it and you go what like let's just try and fancy this up let's try and make this spicy didn't, let's didn't... put a dish it within a dish and uh, um, Marina says it doesn't even like chocolate so yeah. she has a um, chuck bucket nearby on standby when they were filming. Yeah, I just, I just thought that was kind of just really quite interesting. Um, so uh, I wish we could have seen more of Ensign Leffler, as I thought it was a really interesting character. I've always loved um, her Leffler's Laws, all 103 of them. Yeah. yeah. And am I right in saying, was Star Trek Next Generation predicting the future? As a Katarian game is like a virtual reality game we have today. Yeah. As it uses a headset similar to the ones um, we we have today. Yeah. Like, you know, the kind of ones with phones and all that sort of thing. It, I just found that it was really interesting. Just kind of, this was done in like early, early 90s. 90s and yeah. it's just kind of... Still relevant today. That is pretty much like, like for like, it's sort of all this crap out Fortnite and things. It's just kind of that whole thing. And it's just incredible that it's today and it's all within that episode and all of this craziness is in there. I think that's one of the things that's so impressive about Star Trek. The fact that you, you have these themes and um, ideas that they're exploring, but they're still very relevant today. As you say, the thing like virtual rally, well, you know, on the PlayStation 4, you know, you've got VR. I haven't got one myself, but my my brother has. I think I mentioned this before, and I've I've been on it a few times, and it's just as you say, this episode it's just incredible, just all that kind of stuff. Um, but I said some of the things said I really liked was it said plenty of the three M's and explored in depth, and the fact they're still relevant today. Um, a lovely chemistry between Leffler and Wesley, and again she gets some really good character development as you say with her laws. Um, I love the uh, the. The, the scene where the crew chasing Wesley trying to get him to play the game, particularly through the um the oh the Jeffrey's tubes. Yeah, the music there was just brilliant. Um, oh yes, that was something I did want to point out. It is the right last minute of data saving the day. You don't want to be an epileptic watching this episode though. No. No, this 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 episode isn't for you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not half as bad as Pokemon, but yeah, that's a different yeah. story. But um, it's just. There's so much in it. There is that creep factor with the kind of euphemism. Yeah. But you throw that in with the virtuality and you just go... As you say... That, that just summarises Monday in a nutshell. Yeah. And You know, what What do you use the internet for? You know, there's a common joke that it's kind of Star Trek and porn. Well, there you go. There's there's both it in one go. You know, and Along with the... virtuality. And despite the kind of the creepy euphemism of it, it is a it is a fun episode. If you could have said if you could ignore that part, it is generally a fun episode. What? I just I just couldn't not put it up. There's just so much in it that you just go. Oh, fair enough. That's fair enough. I've I've have been a bit sparing this year. There are a few that I probably could do it for, but I haven't. I've tried to be yeah sparingly. I mean, you guys will find that most of my um most of my episodes will be going up probably in the second half of the season most of them um so if you don't well, hear isn't it in recent years you've kind of used my thing of impacts as well and you started doing that now yeah. i think that's what you sort of said to me that for years you haven't really done that and then i think for the last few years you've gone that kind of works quite well so i'm i'll use that as well maybe mm. um morris mission meanings 
don't live your life entirely in the side world i know a new one uh yolo you only live once addiction brings out the worst in people nothing is quite what it appears if it's too good to be true it probably is don't follow the herd don't become a sheep uh ignorance is bliss don't blink like people it never ends well people sometimes have ulterior motives people need escapisms from their lives and their problems pretty much similar to mine said it's dangerous to get addicted as it can destroy everything we have um you know it obviously goes into the idea of pleasure and sex so how much of enjoy how enjoyable it can be but can be addictive as a whole thing about the virtual reality so the game itself is a big thing the episode are taken over an allegory for virtual reality is now being a big thing um how society kind of has always has the latest fad or craze a trend that appears like, like as you said about Fortnite. so leftless says to wesley and tim forward oh this is just the latest fad and craze so pretty much just the same as yours really just slightly differently worded and obviously as you said it's uh, last appearance of leffler um unification yeah. yeah 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 um is it my turn to read i think now isn't it yeah your turn yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll do. I'll read out both parts because obviously it's part one, part two. But I'll read both synopsises together. Um, so unification. <clears throat> Where's Spock? Yeah. <laughs> Where's Spock? Ambassador Spock has been seen on Romulus. Picard is assigned to go to Romulus undercover to investigate. The Enterprise goes to Vulcan, where Picard visits Sarak, who thinks Spock has gone to Romulus to start spoke. the. Spoke. Huh? It says spoke. Who thinks? Look at it. Sp- it says spoke. Spoke. Oh yeah. Spoke. Spock has gone to Romulus to start the reunification <laughs> process. Spock is promoting the idea of, unifica- of reunification of Romulus and Vulcan. Picard is sceptical with good call. Romulan pro-council... Nural is plotting with Sela to invade Vulcan with stolen Vulcan ships in the, gu- in the guise of a piss on Yeah, that also doesn't make an awful lot of sense because you look at the kind of the speed they're going at you go, that's going to take them freaking forever, but never mind, carry on. Um, unification, you know, confession time. I, it's never been one I fully understood why it's so revered. Yeah, it's great that Spock's in it. I think that's amazing. It's I'm the same, but um, I put it up. Yeah, I. You, you kind of have to. I didn't personally. Um, I I do understand why. So I say it does have quite a big impact. Um, and I, I I must admit I did enjoy it watching it more through again. So I do think it's actually a pretty decent two part, but I don't love it. And in a way I can kind of see why people do, but just when I think of episodes or two parters that I've really enjoyed, this this not the first one that springs to mind. Fortunately, it's one of those cases where every year we get one of these episodes where you sit there either it's an episode that could have been two and is one, or it's two episodes and it could have been one. And it, and unfortunately this is a case where the plot's fine, but it seems it's stretched out, but it isn't because you need yeah. two parts there. So it's in this weird limbo where it's not one thing nor the other thing. So it I doesn't th- quite work. I think you said to me it could have benefited from maybe a bit more action, I think. Maybe particularly in parts. It's an three. awful lot of talking. Yeah. There is an awful lot of talking in there. And then yeah. you go, oh, God, where are we up to now? Like, you could... You could sit down and kind of go, oh, it's this, this scene's happening. Okay, right. Yeah. Again, it's and it's my kind of, I think it's my Lord of the Rings Tolkien-esque thing of, oh, where are they up to? Like, oh, are they still wandering to here? Okay, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll do something else for a while. Oh, they've finally got to A, B and C now. It's that whole thing of kind of, yeah. tell, tell me when something decent's happening. You know, and I think you know, and I and I know the episode does have it has does have a huge impact on events. So like obviously Face of the Enemy in season six, 
I think you said the Kelvin timeline films as well. Well, I think... because you get Spock and Romulus, and that's where that yeah. whole thing with yeah. 09 comes from yeah. and Countdown and all that sort of thing. So there's a big thing with that, yeah. and I mean, there's I think... references into star trek online as well but it kind of doesn't count but it does i think i think it, but i think for me i mean maybe more of a nixon it would have been nice to see more of that impact i think that's part of kind of part of my problem with it but yeah it does and i and i think we both kind of agree on this i think the ending of part one is really anticlimactic when spock appears this is like hey there he is yeah i think we sort of said on the phone that i think i sort of proposed to you that you could probably have that at the beginning of two and it worked was it? Yeah. Um, you no, you have it. Spock wander around. Um, no, it wasn't in. I think I said in Shadow, didn't I? I think yeah, I don't think you have. Shadow. Him. So you probably know it's Spock, but you could have. You could question it. Maybe it's somebody else. Like maybe it's a, a you know, a, someone spying on the meeting. Because you have like that, that whole um, Force Awakens crap mm. that no one really liked. So you have to shift that back to the next episode, rather than having that there. It's like. You know, where's Spock? And then you have, like, where's Luke? And it's like, hello. And it's like, end credits. And mm. no one really wants that. They didn't want that back in the 90s. They don't want that when False Awakens came out. Mm. So surely there's a lesson in that. I'm kind of, don't do it then. So mm. surely you have a full... Because that way, then you don't... Then there's that you, that mystery is maintained to last minute. And then you have that whole speech of Spock going go back is a bit has a bit more impact than it does where it's kind of you know oh and you found him it just doesn't quite work because it's just yeah. like because again even the mm-hmm. wasn't the director felt a bit short changed yeah oh think, you've you've got Leonard Nimoy and it's like yeah, yeah all of Jerry two Tate minutes said that, yeah and it's one just the, like oh one of the things I did like watching the special features was when they were saying that they um they the reason that they left um having bringing in spock so like having that tos element to season five was because they wanted to fully establish themselves set apart from the series and when kind of season five came we're kind of like well you know what well, we've established ourselves now we've done a is, good job they were allowed to because the yeah. main reason why they couldn't unfortunately passed away as it said at yeah. the beginning of the episode because gene rory passed away and he was very strict with his rules that yeah. he didn't want anything tos to really sneak through once he passed away, that sort of fell apart. So they were then able to kind of get more people in as time went on. Because, yes, you do have DeForest Kelly, but that was a bit of a cameo. Whereas yeah. later on, you have, oh, let's see, Spock, uh, Scotty, Kirk. Kirk's a film, but it's after this. And it sort of all dropped. And then you have references and, you know, crossovers between Voyager and this thing and that thing and here, there and everywhere and... So this was kind of the watershed moment where free reigns were sort of given. Mm. Like, so it's a really interesting episode. It's just going. It's I had to put it up because of the impact. But mm. personally, I'm with Jamie. And there's a, I think there's a small minority that have kind of gone. It's a bit underwhelming. Yeah, as I said, unfortunately, I, I, you know, I can see the appeal. I do understand why people love it, but I it just for me, as you said, it's just that it's just it was underwhelming. Jamie, and, can I yeah. ask you something? Because this crossed my mind when I was watching it. Go now, on. when we record this, we've just this is how long we say about six months after the season two discovery. Yeah. Did any of that storyline come into play when you thought about this episode? No, I didn't. I didn't, to be honest. Did anything click and you went, oh, I wonder, you never thought of 
uh, Michael or anything like that with kind of Spock and because it never did with me, which is a bit worrying, yeah, really. Mm, it's a bit what? Sorry. It, it's a bit concerning because it probably should. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. But it never did cross my mind. It never did. I didn't even think about this. Because I think you you'd be more. Because I thought you'd be more likely to possibly have done it. I did. I I thought of it, mm. but it never kind of transitioned no. over. I never. No, put two and two together. It never crossed my mind. To be Maybe some bit more old school. I don't know, but it never kind of, it never kind of integrated itself in that at all. But um, but some of the things I did like about unification, um, I think the opening scene was really good. Like it sets up the intriguing mystery and implications if Spock has defected. I thought that was kind of, I think they set it up quite well. Um, nice link from season three episode Sarak. So obviously where Picard shared a mind meld with him. Sarak Redemption, yeah. um, Star Trek Six, um, which I don't think had been released at that point. A lovely reference when Picard wants help from Garon and getting to Romulus of a Coca vessel. Yes, I love that world's yeah. longest voicemail. I yeah. love that. That was just great fun. <laughs> um, amusing and fun scene with Klim Klim uh, Dokachin. That's the uh, junkyard guy in part one in communicating with the Enterprise. I thought his whole bit was just really well done. I love. One of the bits, I, I mean, there's a load I've got here, but I'll only list some of them. Um, I love the scene when Picard is trying to get some sleep on the Klingon ship and Data, and Data just stands there processing information. And he's, he looks like he's looking in Picard's direction, but he's not actually staring. Picard just gets uncomfortable. It's like, what are you looking at? Um, I'm going to try and pull from both notes. Cause I'm still crazy. I still do them separately. I don't. I think Jamie kind I of... Mailed them, I mailed them together. That's just me. Um... Glodenkor was last seen in an enemy. Yep. <laughs> you didn't quite know what to go with that, did you? You didn't quite know what to make of that. <laughs> um, first time we hear of Wolf's interest in Klingon operas. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Star Trek Online, Detan becomes the leader of New Romulus after Hobus Supernova destroys Romulus in 09. Um, oh, I'll talk about those in a minute. Uh, first time we see Romulus in Star Trek's history. Uh, there's a deleted scene where Captain Picard and Perrin share deep concerns over Sarek's declining health. So there's a bit of a talk between the transporter room and walking to Picard's ready room. Where it's like, she sort of says, oh, he has a good day, he has a bad day. So that's quite an interesting thing. Now we're going to get on to a quite a few... Do you remember where you saw this from? <laughs> About the Kralar 2 surplus depot. I haven't done every one because I could spend a good amount of time doing this. Just just, uh, just do a few. The Batrice first seen in her heart of glory. And Slurring Warship uh, seen in Sunny Human. Uh, Smuggler Ship is a reuse of the Hanuk ship first seen in Survivors. Those yeah. are the main ones, but there's an awful lot of Starfleet ones in that I could have done, but I really didn't want to do because that would have made it go really long. So that's everything, and Moral's mission meanings, well, some crossover, some not, because I have tried to learn from previous years, but even still, I haven't. Uh, Yellow, you only live once. Treasure time, you have with friends and family, you never know when it'll be gone. You're never truly gone. Every problem has a solution. Every decision we make has a consequence. Um, If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, The peace process, logic is king, nothing's quite what it appears. Ignorance is bliss. Don't manipulate people in everyone's will. Peace and unity are worthy goals. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's everything I've got down. Um, 
I've got just a few. I've got diplomacy as the way to peace. So Spock opens a dialogue with Senator Pardek, who puts forward reforms for Romulus. It's seen by the Romulan government as as radical. seen by the Romulan government as a radical. Um, accepting a movement of changes. So that kind of I, I found that it kind of echoed the feminist and civil rights movements. And diplomacy and politics are not always always the way to change. Sometimes evolution is. So that's when Spock, which Spock says at the end of part two. Um, that's literally all I got. So. Um, yeah, suffice to say, we struggled with that one. Yeah, as I said, I, I, it's a good episode. I enjoyed it more than I than I did, and I I acknowledge the impact it does have, but I didn't not enough it to put it up. But that's just me. Um, next episode, uh, a matter of time. While rushing to aid of a planet threatened by an asteroid, the Enterprise visits but visited by Ramusen, who claims to be a 26th century historian. Picard is forced to make a decision that could destroy the planet. But it's perplexed by Ramusin's unwillingness to help. A uh, short story, he doesn't block the a planet, he saves it. Um, I don't mind this one, it's enjoyable for what it is, but I, I've never been bothered by it. It kind of always passes me by. Enjoyed it more when I was younger. Mm. Um, I, I, I know we kind of differ here, but I like the guy that I like Rasmussen's character, I think he's kind of charming. Uh, in a way, although I can understand why you would find him annoying, so I do kind of get that. Although, as I said to you on the phone, he wasn't the original person to play. It was written for Robin Williams. He had, yeah. had, he had just finished filming Hook. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, I thought also that Jim Kerry would be a great choice for that role for Rasmussen as well. Well, I think Robin Williams is a fan, so I think that's why he wanted to do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think either Robin Williams or Jim Carrey would have been great. For, but I think the guy they got, Matt Few, I think he did a good job. I think he did a really good job considering, um, considering he said he wasn't the first choice. Um, yeah, and I think, like the, I said, the three M's are quite important issues. So like about climate change, I think it's spoiled one. Again, it's, it's very relevant to today. Um, I, I didn't really, I said there wasn't really much I got for this episode. It's, I, I, think, I think you said to me, so, isn't it? Episodes you're not as keen on, you tend to find less for. Whereas ones you probably quite enjoy, you kind of tend to find more. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, as you say, certain issues I had with it was the two plots don't mesh as well together as it could have done. I don't think they quite work. Um, There's not really any depth to Rasmussen's character, really. He's not really much there. And I know you'll probably disagree, but I found most of the characters kind of a bit too trusting of him too quickly. I think they're a bit too slow on the uptake about him, but um, whereas Troy, you know, doesn't, and it's like they don't even listen to her. It's like, yeah, she's kind of right here. I think they do acknowledge they do acknowledge her concerns, but they just kind of like, yeah, okay. So that's just one of those instances. I don't think they were concerned about him. I, I, that's why no, I don't think they were no, kind of. I, I think, I think could... again, I think it was tough to say. I think there was more going on in the background, but I don't think they made it public to him just kind of we're on to you but we're going to let you carry on doing what you're doing because because yeah. again they say it then kind of yes well um all your all the things you stole we just deactivated it there's not yeah. much you can really do with it it's kind of junk now so it's that that's why and it's just like yeah carry on doing what you're doing it's not going to get you anywhere, mate but carry on um there's a ton of different references back to here there and everywhere although i must say i do think the solution makes absolutely no sense at all but i've always loved it and I love the special effects shot, um, the L cars of the phaser drilling sites on top of the eruption sites where they transpose the two. I've always loved that shot. Um, the shot of the main deflector dish is reused 
as it appears in the loss. Same goes for um, the Enterprise firing its phases is reused from Legacy. Uh, the Salarian Plague is also a reference back to Haven. For some yeah. reason, there's a huge, big effort this year to kind of reference it back. Um, do you reckon that's a time pod from somewhere? Um, no, not off the top of my head, no. The escape pod from the most toys? Oh, it's the same one, is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just read just as you can imagine. <laughs> Although, the inside of that, if you look back at that, that's a bit like um, Unexpected and that alien ship's hol- um, holodeck, where it's like they're just raided, like, wrapping paper. You look at the inside of that, it's like wrapping paper. But um, some of the um, messages I got from the episode was um, the dangers of contaminating in the timeline. So knowing about the future or past events, so you've got the Temple Prime Directive. The dangers of climate change and how greenhouse gases affect the weather. Um, some Sometimes trying to help can hinder or make things worse, despite the best intention. So when the crew made the situation on uh, Panfara oh, 4, I think it's Panfara 4 worse. I hope that's the right um, yeah, I think you managed to yeah. get away with that, Jamie. Barely. Um, the concept and important concept and importance of choices and how each one can create different outcomes to, to write more than one future. So you're kind of getting into kind of quantum mechanics kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's that's literally all I got. So but, I went yeah. down the other approach. I dealt with trust and things. So you've dealt with time travel. I've dealt with the trust. <laughs> trust will Go come on. out eventually. Don't. Um, uh, what does that? I can't read my writing. I don't right. know what that says. Um, don't cause global warming, so I can't work out what that says. Uh, Wolf quote: Trust is uh, trust is earned, not given away. Don't yeah, steal and don't that. lie. Be yourself. Don't be something you're not. Power craps, absolutely. Don't put it back, people. And human interference causes global warming. Yeah. So yeah. I think it might have been don't purpose, purposely cause global warming. I think that's what I was trying to go for. Oh, well, you couldn't... Well, you I think that's what it says, go, yeah. yeah. Don't purposely so, yeah. cause global warming. I think it's safe to say we find it a watchable, fun enough episode, but it doesn't stand I out. think the global warming's done. Don's like better oh, in, yeah. in uh, Seven. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I th- again, and I would also argue time travel's done a dance like better later on in this season as well. I think it was a means to an end. It wasn't kind of. Yeah, and I think coming, and I think the other things were about a matter of time. I think it's also. I think you said to me coming up after you re, after unification as well. It's kind of it just doesn't really stand out. It's kind of where it's placed. I don't know if putting it anywhere else in the season would have helped. Probably not. But as I said, it's a fun, watchable episode. But overall, it just doesn't stick. Just doesn't stick out to us as particularly special. Um, new ground. Yeah. Uh. Um, the Enterprise is participating in the test of a new method of propulsion. Meanwhile, Wolf's son Alexander visits the ship and is disobedient and even untruthful. However, when disaster strikes, Alexander is put in imminent danger. Um, I've never been a massive fan of this episode. Um, I still don't love it, but I've got to say it is definitely more um, interesting and more kind of more depth than I originally thought. Um, there's a you know the three M's is it's quite a bit as you say is um you've always quite liked this one haven't you Si? Yeah, I haven't put it up or anything. I oh. have to be very picky. And I will I will say is next couple of episodes the, they have a theme and they run with it. They yeah. really run with it because yeah. both these are very child centric. Yeah, and obviously this one the idea hero of, worship. Yeah, the idea of kind of being like a single parent kind of it has that kind really of really sings out to us both to say yeah. I've 
both well, kind of lived that single parents kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. And I think that kind of really resonates, doesn't it? And you know, and I think it's, I mean, you know, one of the reasons I, I kind of, I've always kind of disliked this episode is because it's Alexander. I've never been particularly fond of him. I find him just annoying. But however, having no, said, but they have a bit of depth in this one. They yeah. have a bit of growth, which is nice. Yeah. And it's and, just like. And having said that, considering Alexander's upbringing, kind of how what's happened with his, to said he lost his mother. He's, it seems like his father's abandoned. I can understand why he is the way he is a bit. So yes, he's kind of a bit annoying, but I can kind of understand why he he acts. They actually out. go through a bit of a, a um through a bit of growth in this season, which is nice to see. There's a bit of kind of difficulties. It's not just kind of oh yeah happy and, families. And so you've got thing, new ground, you've got ethics, and then you've got cost of living. And it's just a constant battle where it's just kind of, he's trying to do what's right, and just Alexander's just trying to kind of say to him, you know, kind of live a bit, Wolf, live a bit. Dad just yeah, kind of... kind of find his way in the world. And, and what I really liked was how the two plots came together quite nicely at the end, how they kind of linked together. So obviously the Soliton waves, it hits the ship, it hits the ship, and then obviously Alexander ends up in danger. Um, is it in the Arboretum? No, that's in a, oh, a no, Bio Lab um, 4. Yeah, yeah, sorry, big pun, yeah. So the two bots kind of worked quite well together at the end. I thought it was really quite good. Um, I, um, I liked, <laughs> one of the things I did like was the opening scene with Geordie excitedly talking about the Soliton one, how people will be talking about it for years. And more from Data and the reaction is just less than he hoped for. It's well, like he's really excited about it and Data and Morphin just like, yeah, it's happening. Well, the tidbit <laughs> with that I love the way he talks about it, and he says, oh, wouldn't it be cool to witness Saffron Cochran's first walk fight when he doesn't realise that he's going to be part of it in first contact? I think it's a really interesting theory. It's like he's quite unaware that he's part of that story. He just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Wave Test Rider is reused as master fence perimeter ship seen in the best of both worlds. Um... It's great to see different parts of the ship, including the classroom, Biolab 4, and Miss Carl's office. Great use of glove puppets with the Corvan 2 Gilvos. Mm. Um, although you can tell the glove puppets is it's very notable at the end of the episode. Now, Jamie, do you remember me talking to you on the phone and me saying there's a really obvious bit of gaff tape? Oh, yeah, I do remember that, yeah. It's in this episode. So on the Gavros, Corvan uh, Gilvos enclosure there's a really obvious piece of black gaffer tape which is in the bottom left hand corner if you're really that bothered <laughs> it's really obvious once you see it you can't really unsee it because yeah. the whole box is like this gray it's like um like military gray and he has this flat bang right in the middle of a shot black piece of gaffer tape and he's just like going oh dear god that must have happened the day of filming they doing yeah you should have a bit of gaffer tape on it no one will tell so go go back to that and watch that because that's that's okay. hilarious. You spot that, and there's a deleted scene where Wolf talks to Picard in the station lounge about everything that's going on, and just kind of going, yes, yeah, a bit, it's really a bit difficult trying to work out what's right, what's wrong with it. I can't, to be honest, I can't really remember what happens in it because you've got to bear in mind it's been about. 20, 20 days since I think I watched this episode, something yeah. like that. And when, and the thing is, guys, I think as we've said before in previous season reviews, when you watch them all as we do, like one every day or sometimes twice a day, depending on, obviously, you know, if we've got the time, it, it all kind of blurs into one. It really does all kind of just blur into one. So, we're, you know, they, yeah, you're not going to remember every single detail. So that's it's fine. Um, 
I like the title of the episode, New Grand, because it doesn't just refer to the new warp technology, but also warp being introduced to fatherhood, Nick and Arthur Alexander. Um, the concept of fatherhood and being a single parent is explored well. So the scene where Wolf is interrupted is meeting with Picard by Alexander's Anders teacher, uh, Miss Kyle, um, and Dr. Crusher showing how challenging it is just to juggle work and being a single parent. Because um, he gets interrupted by both his, uh, Wolf's teacher, uh, uh, Alexander's teacher and Dr. Crusher. Um, love the concept of the solar Tom way, so warp without warp drive. Um, as you said, it's a good insight into family life and board and seeing how the children learn in school. Again, good use of Deanna in this episode, uh, talking to Wolf about Alexander and assisting him with advice. Um, great performances from Michael Dawn, um, Brian Bonsall, who plays Alexander, and also I, I put a, um, also from Jennifer Edwards, I think, who plays Miss Carl. I think she does a really good job. Um, interesting parallels between how Wolf and Alexander are brought up, with a nice mention of Kayla. Um, and I already said about the two plots at the end. Um, is there anything else you want to say about what you liked about the episode? No, I'm just on to three M's. Okay, go for it. What you got? Uh, tell the truth. If you need support, ask for it. Life is there to challenge us. No matter what you do, the truth will always be found out. Everyone deserves a second chance. Something good can come from something bad. Life is full of surprises. Children need role models and guidance to make the right choices in life. Yeah. And parenthood is difficult and hard. Um, the only one I said, you've you already said one of mine for me, which is great. Um, the other couple I've got is parents should do, try to do what's best for their children, helping them grow up. And obviously the dangers and problems of using implementing new technology, obviously the Soloton one. Um, so yeah, overall, um, I said, good episode. I think it's got some really good stuff in there, but it's favourite. Um I just suddenly realised at this point you've put up, what, four episodes and I've only put up two so far. There's still time. Yeah. Um, as I said, most of mine are in the latter half. Um, next episode. Hero Worship. Investigating the disappearance of the Starship Vico, the Enterprise crew finds that the vessel is drift inside a dark matter cluster. A single survivor, young Timothy, is rescued by Data and tries to emulate his lack of emotions. Um, Because I think... I think obviously when we, if you watch this obviously on DVD, I think this would be disc three out of all four episodes on this disc. This one's the best one personally. Um, great episode. Um, I think I've always really really enjoyed it. Um, maybe it's because it's data. I don't know, but I think they do a really. And whilst it is kind of similar to single parent, uh, oh, sorry, the height the theme of single parent obviously in new ground. So I think. As, as Simon said, I think it would have been better if they'd spaced it out. I think they kind of do look at it from another ang- kind of another angle, which I think is interesting. Kind of data being the parent, I suppose, which I, which technically has been done before with data, obviously in um, oh oh his daughter Lau. Um, oh, what's that flipping episode? I'm gonna have to go back and. I know what it is. I'm sure you do. I'm gonna I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna find out. uh season three. Um The Offspring. There we go. The Offspring. Thank you very much, Trek Core. <laughs> um yeah, so it, it's a really, really good really good episode. I've I've always enjoyed it. Um I think you you the same side? I enjoy it. Yeah. Again, uh, again it's another great child actor. Mm. As he really managed to get the emotions across from going through it all. Um do you know who the, uh, the SS Vico is named after? Pardon me. Um, not off the top of my head, no. He's named after G- Gia Bastia Vico, an Italian philosopher. Oh, okay. So isn't that in the episode? Isn't that a reference in the episode? No. 
isn't I? I, had to, I had to do a bit digging for that. Um, the model used for the vehicle was built from moulds taken from the gruesome model, as the original model was considered too valuable to damage. Oh, this is what I really don't get in this whole episode. I'll say the other two first. Nice to see Councillor Troy being utilised again. Yeah. I think the sound effects for the wave fronts are taken from Tin Man and the sounds have gone to, but I'm not 100% sure. This is a bit I really don't get. I really don't get this. It makes no sense when you think about it in reality. Why did they put Timothy in his own quarters when they know he's not in the right mindset? Do do you know what I mean? Like, this kid's not like, yeah, sure, have your own quarters. Not not have him stay with anyone. We're just going to shove him in the quarters and kind of not see anyone or do anything. I just don't get it. Just like someone that's not mentally stable, you don't leave them in a room on their own. I was just going to say. That's like the last thing you do. Right? Yeah. It's like, come on. And interestingly, there's a, a first shout out, a reference to the Breen. Yep. That's one of the things I noted down as well. Yep. Um, Let's do that episode on them eventually. Try and mm-hmm. figure out what the hell they actually are. Um, I found it's a good character development. So like for Geordie, when he talks about having a traumatic experience in a fire. The mystery of what happened to the VK, so Timothy says the, the attack was a sh- was a, was attacked, it's done really well. Yeah, Again, I thought it was a bit sad that he thought he caused it, which is a kind yeah, of... Yeah, I mean... Like, innocent child, just kind of... So not only having the weight of thinking, it said his parents have died, but also that he killed everyone on the VK, it's just... How do you process that? Um... Again, Troy being useful in this episode. Um, a lovely bond of friendship between Timothy and Data as they spend time together, especially as when Timothy starts to emulate him. Um, great performances from Brent Spiner and Joshua Harris as Timothy. You really sympathise with Timothy's character as he lost both his parents. He's just a likeable character, isn't he? He's just a yeah. kind of... Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I love the way he tries to put that model up, and it's just like, there's a completely oh, wrong that, approach with it. And it's is that when like... Data comes to his quarters and builds it for him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, clever solution as well that their own shields cause the increase in the wave front. So the there are been... subtle hints as you watch the episode. There are subtle hints where they suddenly increase yeah. in, uh, shield power, and there's a, a thing the wave fronts increase. So you yeah. you can pick up on it. It's very subtle, but the you you could probably work it out if you sat there long enough. I think. Mm. Um, yeah. So there. Yeah, so the idea. So the shields are meant to protect them. They they. They, the things meant to protect them harms them. Um, some of the messages I got from this episode were so trying to deal with traumatic event in different ways. So Timothy emulates data as he admires. As yeah, he I've got that. Him. People are affected by the same thing in totally different ways. Yeah. So he, he but also a way of shutting off his emotions, avoiding talking about his trauma of what happened. So as data doesn't feel emotion, so Troy calls it en, en antiodrama. And en, yeah, I think that might actually be real, Jamie. Yeah, so conversion into the opposite. Um, it's important to talk about uh, talk about and confront your feelings, not hide from them, as they can cause even more emotional yeah. trauma. Yeah, if you need support, ask for it. Um, and obviously the importance of role models, so Timothy looks up to date and a good influence that they can. Um, treasure time you have for friends and family. Uh, be yourself, don't try to be someone you're not. Uh, therapy takes time. Be there for people when they need it. Uh, don't take the blame for something you didn't do. Uh, don't shy away from your emotions and everyone needs escapism. That's me done for that one. Oh, and uh, next one. Oh, joy. Um, <laughs> violations. This is this is the episode we were talking about earlier, guys. One we're going to give a batter into. Um, a party of telepathic Yulians is visiting the Enterprise. During their visit, Troy reminisces about an earlier encounter with Riker and then her memory is invaded. Crusher finds Troy in a coma and she and Riker are soon next to have their memories invaded. 
this episode just you know put simply you know they you know Riker Beverly and Troy are mentally raped um uh I think Troy gets most of it oh yeah she gets I most don't of it. think the others kind of get a as much too hard a time but Troy oh god she really gets it again yeah yeah, Again, it's, it's the same vein as Bloody Fusion. That episode drives me nuts, and this one does. And yeah. Oh, it's just the, so awkward. The way it's filmed is just doesn't... Oh, just, it's no, it's not... This isn't next-gen. I yeah. said it before. It's not next-gen. This episode does not belong in here. No. The, to be honest with you, I wouldn't put it in... I mean, even DS9, which is known to look at more of the darker aspects of things, I wouldn't even put it in DS9. I just... No. I, and in next gen it certainly doesn't belong and you know it's a bold idea looking at the sensitive subject of it of rape but it's done badly it's done badly it's not done particularly that's the odd thing i would like to have seen the Ulins again though oh, i yeah, thought they were interesting not, unique species just not yeah. in that way no um you know and I, I i know and the fact that it's happened to troy before as well just made me really uncomfortable she technically got raped to the child didn't she by that life of it yeah it didn't mean her any harm in him but it's still in uh, i didn't quite take it that far well, she, did, well. she did get it in nemesis but i took that in a kind of different way nemesis i'm talking about the child in yeah I, I know you oh, are I'll but that's they're both mental but that was more physical than it's the still, kind of two different things yeah but she's still getting raped <laughs> whether it's mentally or physically it's still it's still raped. no it's more the psychological of it rather than yeah just her being invaded like that again is just like just uncomfortable um uh, the fact they use the memory of Riker a pleasant memory she had with Riker again just really again just really uncomfortable as well what I will say about the memories of flashbacks I think it, it adds a nice bit of character element and sheds a bit of light on their past yeah true I'll give you that yeah definitely yeah even if they didn't said didn't do it particularly well in terms of the way they filmed it yeah um it's just not an episode it's just yeah, it's just way too disturbing for a Star Trek episode. It's just a genuine tone and feel of it. It just feels exploitative and unsavoury. Just yeah, and I think the lack of—I mean, I know you don't always get answers to questions. I understand that, but just lack of resolution or accountability mentioned at the end, what motivates Jeff to do what he does, just feel just undercuts the episode. I think. Um, yeah. I just, think there is a bit of. Um... Oh yeah, but there is a conversation for it. I know this thing about the Ulians used to be a violent people. I mean, years ago. I don't know. Just this whole episode overall just doesn't work on pretty much any level. Um, but as you say, it's nice getting an insight into the memories, as you said, into the characters uh, and their past. And as you said, the Ulians. And I, I must admit, I did like the opening scene where um, Tarman is helping Kaker to retrieve a long lost memory about a chip cup. She keeps saying, I thought. That whole process was really quite interesting and clever. So that 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 part of it, I thought, was done really quite well. But, um, not yeah. very often you see a mill taking place in observation lounge, and nice to see another doctor, who's Doctor Martin in this case. But perhaps they could have used Doctor Slar, Susie Plaxton instead. Mm. Um, yeah, just no. No, it's just it's not an. I mean, I think it's safe to say. I know we don't have a worst episode thing, but I think. I think to say to something, this one is definitely the worst episode of the season. I think it's safe to say. Um, you know, I mean, it's never going to be one for entertainment anyway. But even just as a purely just in just kind of looking at themes, it doesn't do that particularly well. It's just an episode. 
yeah, just skip it, really, I think. Once you've seen it once, I think that's been enough. Um, what did you get for the 3M, Si? Not much. Treat people how you like to be treated. Tell the truth. Take responsibility for actions. Uh, no matter what you do, the truth will always be found out. Power corrupts, absolutely. Memories are fragile, fragile thing. Yeah. Um, don't blink pe- don't people and it never ends well. And put the record straight. I struggled. Um, I just got the importance of memories and remembering important events, so whether from a historical or personal perspective. Memories are very complex and fluid and can be easily manipulated. But as you say, this is not an episode <laughs> we want to really dwell on too long. Um, next one? Yeah. Am I doing this one? Uh, yeah, I think because I did um, violations. Yeah, if you want to. The Enterprise crew... Oh, the last episode of this part. Um, yeah. The Enterprise crew discovers currently genetically engineered humans on a planet which is in imminent danger. Earth Colony's leader allows an Enterprise rating to visit their planet. You must find a way to save the colony from disruption. Or um, not. I'm putting this episode up as one of my favourites. I haven't, but it's one of the stronger episodes in this season. Yeah. Uh, I must admit, I, I was surprised I did put it up, because originally I always quite enjoyed it. But, uh, I mean, it, yes, it doesn't have a huge impact beyond this episode. It doesn't have any No, impact. but it's not kind of all down to impacts. It's also no. down to personal like and things. Yeah, and I think... There's so much depth. There's a lot of I got for this episode. I got so much. Got quite a lot of free M's. And it's one I've always enjoyed. Yeah. Say this is it for me. It's a strong season. Again, I I personally is not many episodes I don't like in Next Gen. Overall, I think it's a very strong series in its entirety. There's not many that I sit there and go, oh, it's a horrible season. I don't like this. So and it again, the Masterpiece Society is one of the ones where you go, oh. Just again, it's stuff and it's best, or it's just kind of yeah. the whole you damned if you do, you damned if you oh, don't yeah. approach. Um, but, and, it, and one thing you brought up to me on the phone, the prime directive crap that comes into play, and you just go, hmm, mm, that's an interesting quandary. So, some of the things I really liked is obviously the 3Ms are explored well, so you've got things like genetic. Aren't I mean, we going to do any um, um, trivia or anything? Uh, I do actually have. Uh, I think I do have some. Let's have a look. I do have actually a bit of trivia. I do have one bit of trivia for this episode, which I can read out. Yeah, go for it because you should um, do trivia first. That's Ron all. Canada, who plays Martin Benbeck in this episode, um, also starred as uh, Chipok, the Klingon lawyer prosecuting Wolf in DS9's Wall of Engagement, and as Fesek in Voyager's season five episode Juggernaut. Well, I can. You you do that one, or I've got another one. Go for it. Um, oh, let's run work out. Uh, I really think that Geordie's talk with Hannah Bates is really interesting as it's a similar discussion um, he has had with Centurion Bakra in The Enemy, which, interestingly, um, Aaron Connor is played by the same actor as Centurion Bakra, uh, oh, really? John Snyder, yeah, which is an oh. interesting tidbit. And the engineering team, engineering waiting that beams back to the Enterprise has Gary uh, Valdeman in it. Uh, in one of his many on-screen appearances, as because uh, he's most known as playing Brent Spiner's photo double. So he does all the hand thing. Oh, okay. Um, uh, we're back to one of my old games. Back to playing Battle Bridge Spot. <laughs> Go on. Do you know where the Battle Bridge is in this episode? Uh, not of hand. Once you spot it, you won't be able to unsee it as ever. Um, it is redressed as a Mohab 4 science lab. Oh, when um, when they go and see um, 
that scientist woman was it Hannah? Han- Hannah Bates. Hannah yeah. Bates. Yeah. Oh, we see it. Yeah. Not the last time we'll see it this season, unsurprisingly. <laughs> Although the hint I'll give you is not in its full configuration. It's sort of cut in half. Oh, okay. But we'll see that later on. We'll see that quite later on and we'll see if you can pick up on it and you should be able to sets don't really have that many different formulations and battle bridges used quite often. Doesn't surprise me. Um some of the things I really liked was obviously interesting frames that explored well. Um, of genetic engineering, morality, the notion of perfection in the environment, which obviously we'll go into more a bit later. Um, great performances from all the guest stars. Um, you know, I said John Cinder as Aaron Connor, the leader Ron Canada as Martin, uh, sorry, Ron Canada as Martin Wenbeck, his advisor judge, and Day Young as Hannah Bates. I think there's a nice chemistry between Aaron and Troy, although I, I know it's only one episode, but when he said then he loves Troy, it wasn't quite believable. I think that was a bit, yeah, I don't quite believe that, but hey. Um, nice reference to Geordie's visor and notion of being blind that fits well with the themes of the episode and the fact that Geordie's visor um, which they would see which the colony would see as a disability his disability as a flaw yes, is yeah actually that's, that's what that... I was saying a bit earlier about the similar discussion between him and Cintron yeah. and Bakra where it's kind of yeah both would have kind of terminated him yeah yeah in both instances the same bit of tech saved all of their lives yeah. and he's going yeah maybe irony. you shouldn't just kind of discount someone yeah um so yeah just that wonderful bit of irony um diana's more um dilemma i thought was quite interesting so being in a relationship with connor could affect the balance of the society if they had children introduce half or dna and his judgment as he says if we evacuate the colony it wouldn't be an issue so she's so not only is she considering if they had had a future together but it's also kind of how 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 he views their yeah their relationship but his judgment's being affected and obviously Diana herself expresses concern about her own judgment um and I like the fact that the episode doesn't answer difficult and interesting issues it explores so you know it's kind of asking us well what would we do in the situation that the crew and colonists find themselves in um there wasn't really anything I didn't like about the episode beyond the whole Troy and Aaron thing I thought Again, I know you can't fit everything, but I think it would have been nice to explore more about genetic engineering because about the eugenics wars, which I think gets a brief passing mention, but that's really it. But I suppose you could read that as in maybe the Picards and the crew wouldn't want to talk about that because they might seem like they're they're kind of prejudging the colonists, so maybe that's why it wasn't mentioned. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah. I, I think they didn't want to go down the same route as they did in season two with up long ladder i think that's maybe why possibly yeah possibly because that really got looked into in that episode and i think there's a certain level of retreading the same ground and they didn't want to do that again mm. or it could just be the typical thing of timing just kind of let's yeah. we've run out of timing but, let's just not go way, there you know that, that those are, but those two things i mentioned they're minor niggles they're they're not compared to the said the rest of the stuff i said listed that i really liked about the episode and i said the three m's you get just yeah, for me, it just kind of it ha- for me, it just it had to go up personally. Um, is there anything else you want to say that you liked about the episode? No, I've got um, three M's to do. I've done all my trivia. Yeah, go for it. What you got for three M's? Oh, that's something I have missed out. Oh, is that? the society voluntarily communist then? Well, yeah, I mean, that, or if they're just communist, is I think we've had this discussion before, but is Starfleet as well? 
I, I don't quite get it, but it's kind of I've got, you kind of get that vibe from it, just kind yeah, of. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I can certainly see that. I mean, because I think I think um, the colonists talk about um, oh, you know, we share everything, we we're all equal, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I think even if it's it's not, kind of yes, but no. And so it's just like, something think, interesting that came yeah. up. I don't think it's something we can 100% say is certain, but I think there's a certain vibe you get that you could infer that maybe, yeah. I could definitely say that. Um, What about 3Ms? Are we going to do them? Yeah, did you want Did you want me to go first? or? Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, okay. Um, So, um, genetic engineering on this human colony used to extend the potential of hum- humanity, so physically and psychologically. Seems like a peaceful society, but is it right that the Moab 4 colonists use genetic engineering? Um, the crew want to help the com- colony. Um, so basically, you know, they, 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 the intention is to help them, but helping them can actually hinder them. So, you know, it's kind of, kind of think similar to a matter of time. They want to help their intentions are good, but they end up possibly, you know, end up hindering the planet or the people. Um, the environment is vital to the colony's survival as they depend on it and vice versa, as Aaron Connor says. Um, it shows the importance of the environment around us. So hints at climate change. Um, and actually this is, this episode is, is partially a commentary on the Biospear 2 project, which was began in 1991. So this episode aired in February 92 about whether life can be self-sustained inside an enclosed structure. Um, humans make mistakes, so we're not perfect, whether genetically engineered, whether genetically engineered or not. It's Picard says to Troy in the turbo lift when she confesses about her relationship with Aaron. Um, Genetic engineering restricts humans and what they can do for a living without choice. So everyone deserves everyone deserves to make their own choices. Um, uh, the welfare of the society versus the welfare and choice of the individual. So the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. As Martin says, you would ignore the welfare of the colony for your own selfish interests. Obviously, some like Hannah who want to leave leave the um, the society as it, and, but it would leave certain gaps of certain roles that are crucial to their foundation. Um, and Picard Santa Connor, he can't deny those who want to leave their rights, but it would affect society. So what was interesting here, I think it happened at the end, was should the, the prime directive technically doesn't apply because they're a human colony. But should it apply? Because even the fact that they're humans. So did Picard make the right choice? Yeah. So as you said, got quite an awful lot from that. <laughs> what did you get? Um, nothing's good. Nothing good comes from interfering with nature. You control your own destiny. Don't dismiss someone's um, potential based on their on something you dislike. Life is unpredictable and all about making choices. Design your babies cause more problems than it solves. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You can't micromanage people's lives. Nature always went out to nurture. Diversity um, at all it... Um, what? I put down diversity at all its cost, but I can't quite remember what I meant. You always need diversity the world or in this case uh, the universe is your oyster and that's what i've got for it so yeah um that ends obviously our part one of our season five review um so far you've put up um we both put up redemption dharma can you also put up the game and unification sounds about right yeah and i've put up um obviously this will be my third solo masterpiece society so yeah um we'll be back soon um with our part two um we hope you guys enjoyed it yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed part one yeah and we'll see you back here for part two cool bye bye